Citizens of the Verse, today is October 5th, 2952, and welcome to another episode of Citizen Cast. We're a Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and tonight I'm joined by our steadfast stalwart, always joining group member, or at least most most of the time. Uh, it's Seagard Olsen. Hello, Seagard. Hello. Technically, I've had all the warts removed. Oh, there so, you go. Yeah. Well, that's always good. Um, I hate when I go to the stalls. <laughs> wart removal is important. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, so, uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about, so we'll jump right in. But what have you been up to lately, Mr. Seagard? Well, you know, it's... Uh... It's played a, just a little bit the other day. Uh, I was obviously it was in uh, Hurricane Ian. Uh, no, you know, no damage on my property, but I was yeah. without intranet for quite a few days, and you know, actually, you barely had any phone service for a while. Um, but you know, everyone's good in the family; we're all safe, and uh, you know, so uh, you know, September has been a rocky month, but it's now October, so. We're good to go. Yep. It is here. Yes. Um, can't believe it. I, the, the days just go by faster and faster. I myself have not been playing that much. I did pick up Daisy and played a little bit. I died immediately. Uh. <laughs> um, like immediately. It was so dark. Like so dark. I couldn't see anything. And then like just zombies were enjoying my flesh. Um, uh, but yeah. I haven't really been playing. I uh, did just for everybody. It is another gummy episode, apparently, because I took one right before it. So let's see if we can figure uh. out when it hits. <laughs> <laughs> I had a full I stomach when I consumed it. So you got some time, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm going to turn on my voice mod halfway through and make <laughs> you freak out. <laughs> Who was that? Uh, and I've been drinking some whiskey soda. Um, oh, yeah. But so let's talk about what's happened. Our, our last ISC um, was essentially a follow up for Q3 because normally when they end a quarter, they're talking about what's going into the patch. But since 318 is a middle, middle of the quarter patch instead of end of quarter, um, you know, they, they did a follow up on most of the topics from ISC over the past few weeks. So uh, first, they, they showed us an updated look at some of the rivers that are going to be coming in. And I think what was really impressive there is they continue to add the tools to build not even rivers faster, but also more convincingly. So they've added cliff meshes. They've added rocks that spawn uh, a little bit in the river, too, to break up the variation. And they created a spline system so that rivers wouldn't pinch at certain turns and they'd look much more believable. Uh, with the go-kart racing track, QA tested it out and found a number of places where the go-karts could go off the track, so they fixed some of those. And then they also showed us um, sort of how the buggies will be spawning in, so we don't have to call our own buggies. There's not a terminal. Just as soon as a buggy gets destroyed, it spawns at uh, a spawn point on the map. There's eight so, of them, too. There's yeah, eight of them. Um. They talked about criminal changes to criminal um, ratings and, and the criminal system in general. So lower crime stats now one and two will no longer cause you to be shot at by authorities. You can go pay your crime stat off at a terminal. 
I, they didn't mention whether or not if you didn't pay it in a certain amount of time, whether your crime stat would increase or the fine would increase. So that will be interesting to see what happens. Uh, they talked about the changes to security post Korea. First and foremost, they, they updated the look and feel inside uh, and gave us a quick look at that. It will remain the place that you have to clear your crime stat. So no more of the other locations. Uh, and then they talked about uh, AI being in prison that you can loot uh, in the caves, uh, as well as the changes to escape routes in the caves. With the Daymar crash site, they were finding actually the difficulty wasn't hard enough, so they increased it. And they talked about the three different missions that, that can happen within that location. When it comes to salvage, uh, hole scraping will essentially mean that both the Reclaimer and the Vulture are on the same page in terms of what they can do, with the exception of the Reclaimer holds a lot more material than the Vulture. Um, you won't be able to use a scraping beam on a ship that has its shields up, but you will be able to if there aren't any shields up or if it's damaged because the ships will be persisting. They did create also spawn points for wrecks. So you just like with mineables now, you can go in asteroid fields, search, find derelicts that you can salvage from. Uh, and last but not least, the repair gun is not going to repair everything. It's just going to patch holes in your hull. So uh, before warned, it's not a magic pistol of repair. It's really just for, you know, material on the hull. So that was ISC. And I think that was two weeks ago, or was that last week? I can't remember at this point. Um, what'd you think, Seagard? I thought that was a good one. I really did like it. Uh, I I definitely like the, um, the, the piece on salvage, right? I mean, we kind of knew what it was going to look like. Yeah, but to actually see that uh, you know it's progressing along, and the ships will be, you know, they'll have a use now to to go into the game, and uh, and I actually think the salvage of the reclaimer carrying you know more, and I'm assuming it's significantly more cargo. Yeah, it looks like a substantial amount. Right, I think that'll be good, and they also mentioned that they're going to populate um, shipwrecks. Yep in and out to keep a supply of salvageable things out there. Now finding them, that's going to be a different thing, right? So, yeah, well, I don't I, know if they missions or what, so. No, not, I don't think right away, but I, for one, think what will be cool is two things. One, certainly I'm more than happy to serve aboard your reclaimer and either use the hull scraping lasers or just be, a tractor beamer yeah. in the storage area because I think either way it'll be really fun. Yeah, and of course people can change it up um, and try yep. different things. But then also, I'm also more than happy to be the um, outbound scanner looking for crash sites for your reclaimer. Gotcha. And gotcha. I can't wait to use my Volter as well. I'm really Absolutely. excited for salvage. Yeah, I, I hope, and I, they didn't say anything about this. I hope, but who knows? I hope they also spawn some like loot and or cargo in some instances, so that we could potentially make more money than just the hole scraping. Um, but if it's just the hole scraping, I'll still be happy because it still seems like a fun game loop to start with. Um, so cool. So that's ISC. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think what was cool is it was nice 
it was nice to see some of the updates because like liver ri- livers <laughs> i promise it hasn't hit yet promise <laughs> um, the whiskey hasn't even hit yet uh but rivers it's because i combine words you know so look rivers livers um rivers look great like they're more believable um they he even went into chat too because people were saying asking questions and he said actually the speed at which the water right now moves it does vary but because of the shaders it's hard to tell um so you know they'll be working on updating the shaders for the rivers long term so that they look you know there's faster parts and slower parts they're also going to look into more types of rivers um so that it's not just one particular type but you know the whole idea is they want rivers to be able to populate they want the the tool itself is supposed to help them tell help them be able to tell where a river would naturally occur based on the terrain of the planet that's already been built right right and so, you know the 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 old version looked good this huh. looks so much more pleasing yeah the cliff sides look really cool. They I'm do. sure they'll continue to evolve that. Yep. Um, you know, and, and um, I was kind of wondering, you know, the, right now the rivers are equal width, right? They specifically talked about that kind of third rail that goes down the yep. middle of the river. Um, you know, not all rivers are, you know, the same width all the way down. They do have choke points. And I mm-hmm. wonder if, if they're going to, adopt some of that into the terrain so you go around sharp narrow corners and i think they did say that they would do that yeah because that would be cool that would Mm. be very cool yeah i'm sure it's only going to get better i think there's one guy working on rivers and i feel like he's going to continue to do that i think his next project is probably lava rivers Uh, is my guess um like it Excellent. And then for Star Citizen Live, uh, we had Francesco, the AI director. Uh, He talked about subsumption and how it's the combination of control systems that simulate behavior. So security, economy, etc. And talked about how increasing NPCs also increases the workload. Uh, They've been using, at least so far, spawn closets to help mitigate that to a degree. Um, and have been talking about how perhaps they can use, make it so that NPCs closer to you have a better tick rate than those that are further away. Um, uh, Jared did mention, for example, uh, the Siege of Orson actually had 400 NPCs spawn. Um, let's see what else uh he's he uh francesco also built the team from scratch um so that they're a small scrappy team right now they just made a few hires as well and they work very closely with tony z um jared had asked about the split focus of both the pu and squadron 42 and really francesco s- responded to that with you can't rush ai and get good results <laughs> so uh, you know not yeah. Not a super detailed episode. It was more meeting Francesco. You know, they talked a little bit about his early career and stuff. But still, you know, there were some nuggets in there that could be interesting. What were your thoughts, Seagard? I was, uh, it was interesting to see how they tied that to the server increase. Mm -hmm. uh, Number of people per server uh, with the, um, uh, 
micro, not microtech. Um, what was the big event on Orison uh, Siege of Orison? Siege of Orison. How they were talking, how they originally were looking at four hundred assets or AI, mm-hmm. and uh, at peak they were over two thousand AI, um, mm-hmm. and now they're targeting and working towards five thousand AI. Mm-hmm. That's that's insane. Yeah, I mean, imagine. I would imagine once server meshing comes about, I know once again, folks, it's not necessarily the golden rod to to change everything, but it's supposed to help unlock a lot of potential. Um, if you know they don't need a server to unload every information, you know you can have a lot more AI across Stanton. If you know, say your AI cap in Stanton is five thousand. Um, now, once you add server meshing, maybe you can you could cap Microtech at five thousand, or maybe or you know the system into the area around Microtech, whatever the case may be. So that that adds a lot more, and I think a lot of people say that that will also improve the performance of AI behaviors in general. That you know, so they won't be as janky. Um, good stuff. Now this week. We will not have an ISC or Star Citizen Live because we have CitizenCon. So super excited about that. I would um, I would have loved to do some sort of live thing for CitizenCon, but to be quite honest, I have to go home to Connecticut. Um, so I will not be able to do that, but I'm hoping to catch most, if not all, of the sessions while I'm there. Um, and if not, I'll watch the, them after the fact. But uh, I'm super excited for it. I'll try and live tweet. I've been uh, sort of engaging a little bit more on Twitter. If people have noticed, if you if you follow us there, so if you want to interact and and talk about content and stuff, feel free. Uh, okay, so we did have a minor roadmap roundup um, last week. Yeah, last week. Um, for the release view, the following cards passed their final review for Alpha 3.18. Uh, so they are changing their status to committed. Uh, first is the Daymar crash site, a derelict settlement on Daymar using the parts of a Star Runner and 600i, as well as some HABs adapted to the biome to create a point of interest with some type of activity, puzzle, traversal, hostile AI, missions, etc., as well as rewards for completion, uh, as well as the Grey Cat PTV racetrack implementing a racetrack in the orison vision center on crusader in the same location as the most recent invictus launch week designed for the great cat ptv so minor but it's good to see some things getting committed uh, they, didn't they say also the great cats got um increased speed now yeah i think they did increase the the speed of the great cat what I'm curious about, and what are your thoughts on this, Seaguard? And there's something, actually, wh- why don't I bring it up? Because there's a mention of it a little bit later, too. Or, or a mention of something a little bit later um, that I think would be kind of shed light to this. Um, okay, so uh, today we actually had the monthly reports from the PU and Squadron. I just want to call out a few really interesting tidbits from the PU monthly report. Um, first and foremost, and I, I recognize you probably didn't get a chance to say this yet, Seaguard, because, you know, obviously I've been home all day. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, was, better uh, do. I was actually looking today at the uh, oh, looking nice. at it while you were off getting your stuff ready for the oh, show. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
So, I mean, obviously, if you have any of the areas that you think is super interesting, definitely call it out. But um, for ship art, they said, we're experimenting with a new system or a new setup system to trigger lights on the exterior of the ship for specific states, such as landing and when using the lift to allow for a more dynamic lighting experience. So this sounds like something someone recently commented on with wanting to have, um, you know, landing lights, etc. So that's super exciting. They did mention final art pass on an unannounced ship that was completed in preparation for review this month. And they said, we were, were very pleased with how the ship turned out. It was a great opportunity for us to push the workflow and visuals forward. For example, exterior lighting states, better looking glass and glows on exterior lights, new damage trims, and new artwork for countermeasures. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, the whole C had the polish pass concluded with all major bugs and improvements completed. So I'm curious, do we think we're going to see the whole C early? Oof, I would love to see the whole C. I know you would. I, I kind of feel like we might not only because the cargo ability to purchase that much cargo might not be there. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But who knows? They could just be holding back on it, but... Yeah. With that being in the monthly report, that would be my one guess. But, you know, either way, it's exciting that it's it's close finally because it's been looming for how many years now? Right. We saw a detailed look at the whole sea, what, two, three years ago? Yeah. Yeah. It looked like it was done then. Yeah, exactly. They just had to figure out the splines and everything. And then, um, you know, I think the uh, I think now it has to do with the cargo system in general. That's what I think. Uh, they also said the resource management pass on the Aegis hammerhead continued with the new generator room being added. The team also began implementing the new component bays. So that, very exciting. That and the next line is very exciting. Oh, tell me that. Cause I missed it. Work was also completed on an upcoming variant. Oh Yes. Now, are we yes. talking about a variant of the Hammerhead? Uh, was it in the same chunk? It, it's right. It's separated by a line. So it's not clear if it is or not. Oof. I suspect it's uh, just something else. a variant of something yeah. else. But either way, I'd be very pleased. Like, I, I've always wanted a Hammerhead with the large style, the large style missiles instead yeah. of the little ship-to-ship missiles like fighter missiles because mm-hmm. I thought it would be a good counter to something with bigger guns. Yeah. Can easily outrange it and gun it. You could fire missiles. So yeah, that would be a really fun version of the hammerhead somewhere else in the report. They also mentioned a ground vehicle that completed a polish pass and uh, said ground vehicle showed up in the leaks today. Ooh. Have you seen it? No. Um, for everyone, we'll give you two seconds to k- plug your ears. Uh, one, two. It is a. Uh, it looks essentially like a Jeep version of a Grey Cat vehicle. So it looks like a PTV on steroids. Okay. It's called okay. the STV. Um, I like it. Yeah, sport terrain vehicle. It's supposed to be the fastest vehicle in game. It's the sports terrain vehicle built by pros for pros and features blazing speed and convenient built-in storage. 
two seats. Looks pretty cool. So hoping to see that. Uh, Also on the leaks discord, they said that um, a certain somebody at the Beijing bar citizen got drunk and may have slipped that their internal goal for squadron is two years. Okay. So if that's the case, I'm going to go out on a limb and say next year's citizen con might be just kick off to their marketing. Yeah. Well, now that he's been fired, we can actually ask him in person. Who? I I think the one who leaked it is a a little bit of a nepotistic hire. Very important to the team. Has the last name Roberts. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, he was there. He's sitting on the floor. That's right. That's right. Good for uh, him. You know, that's not a that's not a definitive date anyway. It's just they're they're Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. I mean it, it kind of jives with what everyone else has been thinking for the most part. You Except know. for me. Well I've been saying like a year. Sorry. Six months. <laughs> well, so. I just think like I think they'll do a year of marketing, to be quite honest. And that'll yes. be their polish pass. Um also the vehicle feature team. They're progressing with features driven by the needs of Squadron 42, most notably the ship MFD system, which has been fully planned out and designed and is currently being implemented in game. Um, I didn't put the heading for this section, but I'm going to guess it's the locations team or something like that, or one of the other teams. It says they also developed several other areas, including, sorry, I keep hiccuping. Security Post Korea, an upcoming event space, and older landing zones, adding new animations to bring them further to life. The event space. And is Korea. this for IME? Well, no, it's just talking about locations. And it's like, and so they're developed in other areas, including Security Post Korea, an upcoming event space, and older landing zones. What is the event space? Do we think, here's one question I have, or here's one thought I have. Since they're redoing Lorville. Oh, no. No, because that's for, they're putting that within the 4.0 branch, it sounds like. Um, I don't know. But does that mean that the buggies at Vision Center aren't, like, is IAE going to be at the Vision Center this year? Are they going to change the location to something else? I do not know. And maybe it's maybe it's an event space, but it's a different type of event space. Who knows? Yeah, that's interesting. Or maybe no. I'm, an that's, event space. I was gonna I was gonna throw out real crazy speculation. I'm like I should probably not bother. Um, interactables. The interactables team spent time closing out some of their consumables work for Ruin Station. And here's the thing that makes it very interesting to me and worked on very various marketing assets that will be in players' hands soon. Uh, What is that? Marketing. Marketing assets, but that will be interactable. I have a feeling that might be models or something else. You know, who knows? Helmets? Who knows? But I thought it was interesting and weird. Um, Tech animation. Yeah. 
Uh, this is exciting, I think, at least for some folks. Tech Animation September saw Tech Animation progress with face scanning initiative uh, mentioned in last month's report. It aims to add more heads to the game's gene pool. The initial scan sessions saw an extra 20 female heads scanned, which are currently being processed by the art teams. Uh, tech Animation will then rig and implement the assets into the engine. Online services, uh, they actually tracked down a long-standing bug that prevented players from being able to refuel or restock munitions at landing pads. Please, dear Lord, say that they finally fixed it. That would be good. That would be good. And then always exciting to me, um, because I love this, uh, the UI team continued their ongoing work on the star map. Last month, adding new tech to allow them to create interactive hollow volumes using the UI system. This provides them extra flexibility without having to rely on the content teams if they want to add a 3D hollow volume to the game. As well as being used on standard ship radars, this will make it possible to have large real-time hollow spheres on capital ships in the future. Okay, so you'll be able to communicate through a hollow sphere. Yeah, or see what's going on and, and investigate. Because the, the new star map is supposed to be extremely in-depth in comparison to what we have today. And so I can imagine you being able to use the hollow sphere to plot out your route first. That would be very cool. So that was the monthly report, or at least the tidbits that I, I found interesting. Definitely check it out if you want to read more. There's also some really interesting stuff on the Squadron one as well. Uh, what were your thoughts, Seagard? Anything else stand out to you? No, I, I, was, I thought it was an interesting read to go through that. And I definitely, uh, you know, the AI show was pretty good. It was, you know, it is, uh, I skimmed through the middle of it. Um, he clearly mm. knows his stuff. Mm. Uh, it, you know, it was kind of intriguing to hear, you know, how much they have. And they have been developing AI for a long time. Um, yeah. I would, you know, I, I guess I'd like to see a little bit of that AI focus come into the multi-crew ships. Not that, you know, just to have activity in the ship when you're in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. Um, one other thing. So this week we'll kick off Day of the Vara. And they did mention, so Day of the Vara, for those who don't know, it's sort of like the Star Citizen Halloween. They usually do some fun skins and maybe some like in-game kind of like competitions. But Jared did say to look out this week for more information on Day of the Vara. You don't want to miss it. So it sounds like they might be trying to do something new. Yeah, I, and I was looking in there. I didn't see anything like, you know, new outfits or anything. I saw I, we got the plushies, but that's not really the var the uh um so far i see purchasable skins in the leaks discord um okay and it's for certain things like i can't remember which ships it was for i know one of them was the the drake is it the mule yeah and then tomorrow so thursday october 6th the day of the Vara celebrations begin. So we'll know more tomorrow. I'm okay. sure. Yeah. Tomorrow is Thursday. Yeah. Yep. I can't believe it. I don't know what day it is since I haven't been working. So <laughs> yeah. yeah no, no, enjoy it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to, <laughs> um, 
that brings us to tips and tricks. And we got a few, actually. Uh, Chappie, I am Chappie, uh, said, <laughs> just heard this one from Jack Axton on uh, Space Tomatoes podcast. The elevator section of the Hercules is unscannable. It can be used to safely haul illicit goods or people with a crime stat. I figured you'd fellows would enjoy this one. That's a uh, good one. That's that's a really good little tidbit. Uh, so the elevator. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Oh, evidently he did. Yeah. <laughs> um, S. Gateman sent us a video. I will put it in the show notes. I promise. I hope I remember. <laughs> as long as I remember, I promise. Um, and it's a video. He said, for improved landings, this is amazing. Going to have to give it a try. Definitely S. Gateman then tell us for science when you've given it a try how it went. But the video essentially talks about, if I could highlight it, uh, the gentleman, um, I wish I kept his name in the message here, but it, it, he essentially talked about what he calls vector hold mode. It's not nothing official, but that's what he named it. I've seen that video. Yeah, it's great. I mean, does. so. He, he does a good job at it. Yeah, so it's for very natural looking landings and quick landings too. And so first he said, there are two game settings you want to make sure are set a certain way under flight controls. First, proximity assist should be, it defaults to on, you want to change it to off. And then the other one is spake, uh, spake. There I go, combining two words. Space break engages boost. Uh, Make sure that's toggled to on. And then what he essentially does is as he's approaching a landing location, he did this in a cutlass, which was very effective, um, looked great. He essentially decouples the ship. And when he gets closer to the landing area, he puts his landing gear down. Uh, And the chevron, essentially, that shows your vector or your trajectory, essentially, wherever that's pointing is your landing location. So you could just head in that direction. As soon as you get to where you want to land, you level out. And then just let your controls go and you'll slowly float down to the ground. Nice. I have to try that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've seen it. Um, I, yeah, I, I obviously, you know me, I've, I've crashed more than my fair mm-hmm. share trying to land trips, but uh, I've always been looking for a way to quickly land. Well, his uh, quick approach, which was the second part of it, the only difference is he didn't land his, he essentially said like, picture this as a scenario where you're either, either you're coming in hot and didn't realize it, or you essentially uh, are trying to land fast. Like this would probably have good, been good for Siege of Orison or any kind of dropship activity that you want to do. He essentially was approaching it pretty quickly. Um, but as he got closer to the ground, because of the space break setting, he would hit space break and and hold it until his ship stopped and it's it's a pretty much an immediate stop right and he lowered his landing gear uh and slowly dropped or quickly dropped to uh ground so pretty effective it looked great i'm gonna test it out i i'm gonna test it out on a few different ships right. i probably won't be able to get get to do that till next week but that's okay because we'll have a lot of content to talk about next week yeah we will um, uh yeah it's a good way it definitely sounds a good way. I still, right now, I'm still using the, uh, not for real combat drops or anything like that, uh, but I come in, I basically 
pull back the throttles when I'm mm-hmm. over the pad. Um, and then I actually bring the speed limiter all the way down. Mm-hmm. The acceleration limiter. Yep. Uh, and it just sort of naturally drifts down. Yeah, and then I reduce the thrust and it slowly just drifts down. Um, the my the best way I found to drop people is to actually slide the vehicle. So you come in and you just hit on your skids while you're still moving forward and it'll slide the vehicle for quite a ways, especially yeah. if you're on like a landing pad, like on one of the stations, you know, not one of the stations, but one of the ground stations. Yeah. You can slide the length of those things and they usually yeah. okay. But it's hard to do on dirt. Now with the with the upcoming flight changes that we'll be seeing, who knows if that changes everything, but yeah, um, either way. Right. Yeah. That's, that's good. I yeah. have to go watch that video again. Yeah. Um, then Mach 3 Generic said it's possible to load up the MSR with the max amount of SCU and a Cyclone MT if you can handle the disturbing sounds coming from your cargo bay. <laughs> and then Gothic said or inquired, did they make cargo solid a few months back? You could just drive inside of the cargo. And MK3 or Mach 3 Generic said, yeah, it was solid. I mean, Gothic, if it isn't, it will definitely be by 318. Yeah. Um, any tips or tricks from you, Mr. Seaguard? So I did try some little things out. Um, see what Excellent. I can remember. So one of them was um, actually just kind of a silly one, but I, you know, I, you know, like you, I like to run around um, in the appropriate evening wear or outside wear, right? So mm-hmm. if I'm on the, if I'm in the ship, I generally will take off my suit and I'll put on my typical game clothes for my guy. And mm-hmm. then, uh, and I also like to do that when I'm in the stations and things like that. So yesterday I went to Microtech and went to the, uh, oh, the, the commons to meet mm-hmm. up with, uh, to meet up with Flavius. And I basically, uh, got on his ship and then put on my, cl- my clothes and we were parked near the commons and he's like, oh, now we got to go inside. And I'm like, well, I just took off all my clothes, but I have a, I had a parka mm-hmm. on. The, you know, from uh, Microtech and I had, you know, some pants from Microtech and some boots and a, none of the real heavy stuff, but I was able to kind of walk around and it was good. I didn't, you know, I just had my, my uh, bearing hat on and my sunglasses on those purple sunglasses I always wear and walk there. And I, you know, I had about a seven or eight minute lifespan, so it wasn't really an issue. I was able to get inside, you know, without any issue. Uh, I thought that was kind of nice. So, the, the clothes do give you some protection. Uh, I don't think it's quite where it needs to be, but it's still, it's pretty good. Um, and then the, what I didn't get to finish today was I actually checked out on Flavius's MSR yesterday. I actually logged out, got into a, into a bed and logged mm-hmm. out. So I was going to try to log back in today and see, but he was actually in a different ship. So they were going to go do some uh, PVE, I think, uh, uh, you know, missions so i couldn't get in with them today but i'm going to try that still but it looks like it's working fine okay cool um and now i don't have a tip or trick since i haven't been playing yeah those weren't really spicy ones but yeah hey they don't all have to be spicy yeah (laughs) some of them could be mild or medium all right that brings us to for science
Okay, so for this week, a few people um, tested for I, science. I, I actually don't have any science now because I just told you what they were as yeah. tips and tricks. Yeah, that, <laughs> maybe we should just merge the merge. No, them no, no, we need the views together because <laughs> they are some of them. I never move them to the thing I think makes more sense, yeah. but some yeah. of them seem more like one versus the other. But uh, Drow has posted a. Um, a Reddit post, and I will try once again try to link it to the episode. Um, but anyway, essentially, the episode or the post is all about testing all the different gun racks and how they behave in different ships. So someone went through and tested all of them. Uh, first and foremost, um, here's what has happened. So uh, Hercules A2 and M2, the weapons rack doesn't allow you to place whole 12x sidearm pieces on both sides 11 only so 22 instead of a total of 24 um the 300i 315p and 325a weapons racks allow you to place one extra weapon but it glitches into the wall don't place pistols or med guns in the rack because they will get stuck forever only claiming the ship removes them um the Cutlass Blue has a locker for additional nine weapons, but it's not accessible. Drake Herald has a 6X weapons rack and is not accessible. The Asperia Prowler has 16X weapon racks and are not accessible. The 890 Jump Weapons weapons Rack doesn't show place option after placing five weapons, only closing the rack doors option. So from 32 places, you can only post 20. The raft sidearm shelf is still a little bugged, but it works. The MSR weapons disappear when you store it and spawn it back. You can't place the multi-tool in the rack because it teleports back to your hand. Ships where racks don't work. The 400i weapons locker is no longer working in the patch. The prowler racks and holders next to the seats don't work. The Defender rack is eating every weapon you put in there, and the Valkyrie weapons lockers and holders next to the seats don't work. Internal racks on bigger ships with interiors that work. Um, 300i, 315p, 325a. Uh, 600i, both versions. 890 jump. Hercules A2, C2, and M2. The Caterpillar, the Carrick. The Connie, all of them. The Cuddy, all of them. Hull A, Mercury, Nomad, uh, Redeemer, Reliant Tana, Retaliator, Terrapin, Vanguard, all of them. External racks and small ships that work just fine are Ares Inferno and Ion, Gladius, Hawk, Saber, Scorpius, and both Talons. He didn't check ground vehicles. Gotcha. Misaligned weapons rack were the A2 and M2 sidearms, the Caterpillar main, and the Raft sidearms. The sad thing is that all those weapon weapons go away when you claim that ship for any reason. Lost, destroyed, 30k, or game crash. So I hope this will change with PES. That's all for now. Can't wait for more ships with specified weapons and armor lockers. Also hope that all ships that don't have them will be updated and receive those walkers. Uh, lockers. Yeah, who was who was that who did that? Um, so Dro is posted. Oh, Dro. 
Okay. Drove yeah. posted it, but it was um, on Reddit, and it was – I'll tell you the user in case you want to search it. Um, the user is – On Reddit, posted by Z Big N I E W capital C Z A C H O R. So, what I'm really going to do is just post it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's good. <laughs> so no, that's good. A- yeah, and I, I definitely, you know, like I've had my whole A and my raft, I've loaded those up. And I, mm. yeah, the, the whole A, I've been. I mean, all of 17.2, I think I've had the same weapons in it and taken them in and out, mm-hmm. same uniforms on it and armor and backpacks and boxes and things. I just, you know, put extra, like, food rations and stuff in one box, ammo in another, and, uh, you know, take them off the ship when I leave the ship. And, and everything seems to be good when I recall it, et cetera. So, oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, you know the newer ships definitely seem to be doing well. I definitely am looking forward to the lockers, right? I'd like to be able to go draw things from the locker for, and you know if I got if I got the explanation right, there's common lockers so that if it's in a locker, you can basically your buddies can go in and get it out of the locker, mm-hmm. right? Which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, excellent. So, um, Mach 3 generic said, not exactly for science, but here it goes. Star Citizen fails to convey the scale of ships and other big assets fairly regularly while playing in first person. They do not look as big as they truly are. Took me a while to realize, but it is partly due to an ingrained habit formed from playing many high-octane FPS games, cranking the field of view high for better situational awareness. It also distorts the vision beyond how we perceive the world. Focusing the field of view based on screen size and distance from the screen has a much better sense of scale. I will, however, advise against this if you do not have head tracking or a wall of monitors to offset the lower situational awareness. Gotcha. I'll try that out. I always keep it at standard. But I definitely, uh, I like that more immersion. Um, In fact, I was just, uh, speaking of like restricted fields of view, I was in the new Polaris, is it Polaris? The RSI, you know, uh, Michelin man suits. Oh, yeah. The the, um, the classic spacesuit. Zeus. Yeah, the Zeus. Um, And they are definitely... uh, you can look around the inside of the helmet. So, I mean, it has padding on the liner and little speakers. Oh, that's cool. Cause the helmet doesn't move with your head. Cause it doesn't. Have a, oh, that's, Correct. that's amazing. Yeah. I thought that was really neat. And I can do that with my, my was it? Moscow, Moscow, um, Morosov, Morosov. Oh, okay. Anyway, I can't, I think it's a Morosov. Um, I can do the same thing, but uh, not to that extent. Um, yeah, nice. very cool. Very good stuff. Yeah. Well, that brings us to your question. Disco tunes.
All righty. Yes. So last episode, Seaguard said, should personal laser weapon magazines be rechargeable, such as on your ship or in your habit, um, hab, um, how would you balance this with cartridge-based ballistic weapons? Uh, First Brother Squid said, I think so. I think so. I think so, but they should be weaker and more expensive to balance it out. A professional strike team might opt for ballistic weapons because they're going to regularly restock and pay for supplies, but long-haul crews would have rechargeable laser weapons in charging docks, so they always have that defensive option available, whether or not they make regular visits to the gun stores for ammunition. Uh, LA32344 said... Make a bench to put in your ship so you can mod guns and reload spent magazines. It's called a Carrick. Yes, there is a bench for that. I think you might yes. even be able to fix the gun. Um, and then, thanks for all the fish said, if Ankler exists still in 2952, they will find a way. I'm guessing <laughs> that's a guide manufacturer. What was the name of it? Ankler. Or Anchor, sorry. I don't know. I don't know if I... Probably. Okay, dokey. Uh, Cody said, I think electric based weaponry like the Atskov and Uberev should have a recharging trait, whether they're placed in a gun cabinet or on a powered ship. Guns like the Arclight pistol or Custodian SMG are plasma based, and I would assume their magazine slash clips need to be refilled with some sort of liquid. Yeah. Um, Oshirigami said solar powered weapons uh, to be more environmentally friendly Yeah. yeah. undead oh. parrot said isn't that the plan already I think something like that has been in and out of the progress tracker a few times oh that uh, would be good it's planned to some extent we don't know the details yeah. of it but yes it is uh, Zake said yeah, they've said the goal is to have certain types of armor slowly refill over time using the armor's power supply. Yep, they have said that, or other means. That would be sweet. Yes. Uh, Brother Squid said, maybe to keep everyone happy, they can have rechargeable energy weapons that would be their own specialized range designed for shipboard usage. Jim Jangles said, recharging makes sense, but balance might be tough. I'd agree with Brother Squid on less damage for laser-based weapons based on ballistics having the added benefit of the expanding projectile on entry and causing more internal damage. With bleed-out being a thing, energy weapons might not cause as much cauterizing instead. I think limiting the range of laser weapons might make sense as well. While I get a laser might travel a long way, the amount of energy it has at distance might be limited or diminishing. Yeah. Add in wear and tear of the battery slash capacitor system, leading to ruined mags that can't hold a charge anymore or less power over multiple charges. And I think you might find a balance. Another possibility would be the option to shoot energy weapons at lower damage but higher rate of fire, or at higher damage, resulting in less rounds to fire and possible mag or weapon failure. Yeah. Add in the fear of a mag exploding. Uh, I like Ar- that. I, I like those ideas. Definitely. Yeah, it's a lot. Good stuff, Jim. Are you losing my mindset? I think laser weapons currently have no bullet drop or energy loss over a distance. Adding rechargeability is fine. It means most people will use laser weapons. Make kinetic weapons cheaper on initial cost and make them do more damage within their effective range. 
between that and having to deal with things like uh, bullet drop, kinetics will be kind of hard mode niche that rewards the added skill required with more effective weaponry. Uh, Tavo said, recharging energy makes sense. We can wireless recharge our phones now, and there is no need to balance ballistic weapons. The comparison would be laser weapons having short range while ballistics have long range. Uh, Once the ballistics run out, well, you're out. No need to make this complicated. Note, if you want to make ammunition, then you're going to need to visit the crafting mechanics, which CIG does not seem to be in favor of. Um, I would also say, Tavo, like just because I think the difference with energy weapons is then they, they maybe, maybe they shouldn't have a, um, they shouldn't have an ammo pack at all. Right. You just recharge the weapon. And so once you're out, you have to pull another weapon. So necessarily be fast charging. They'll be slow charging. So I think I would make them relatively powerful, but the charge time takes forever. So like, you'd have to swap weapons. And so you, it might make people think between maybe I'll have a ballistic um, main weapon and then a laser sidearm that will recharge so that at any point in time I might have a weapon. But then at that point, they'll also have batteries in your suits. So you'll have to keep track of that or else you'll run out of charge from your suit. Yeah. I th- And I thought, you know, I thought potentially you would have lasers lasers actually i've actually seen some real lasers firing for military types yes um and it was actually when they were trying them to configure them to use for tanks Mm -hmm. and they found that a single shot from even a very powerful laser would not penetrate because it literally heated up the armor and it just the molten metal just stayed in the path of the of the laser it just yeah. stayed there. It doesn't have any way to go. So what they had to do was actually like it, make it pulse. So they had to have pulses. Uh, and then, you know, as it cooled, the second one would come in and blast particles. That, you know. Yeah. So it was kind of like this system. But gases were getting in the way. So it was degrading the power of it. They were also, it was extremely hard to get it to stay on the same exact point. Yeah. Right? So there's lots of problems with lasers. Um, so in game, I definitely I could see disadvantages is that basically they're going to expend their energy on a tree if you hit a leaf. Yeah. Right? Uh, so cover won't necessarily work as well against the – it worked better against a laser, but not as good against a ballistic weapon, right? A ballistic weapon could potentially go through a trunk of a tree and kill you. Yeah. A laser, probably not. Um uh, so there, yeah, there's some interesting stuff there. Um, yeah, I, you could make them very functional and very powerful, but very expensive, also, right? Yeah, yeah, there'll there'll be a lot of different barriers to make you choose one weapon or another based on your play style. Right. Like you know, if I'm on a carrot crew, I'm gonna have shotguns because, or at least a lot of shotguns. And then a handful of like SMGs or something because you're going to be in close quarters combat on a ship. Yeah. You don't want to destroy your ship. Yeah. And it also, with the shotgun, it knocks people down if you're close enough. So, you know, and then I would just have enough ammo in my cargo hold if it's a long, you know, expedition. Right. Um, 
Undead Parrot did say, oh, according to the roadmap, charge slash drain tier zero is currently being worked on. What is char- what charge is slash drain? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and that is in reference to weapons. Yeah. Uh, Eskar said, I would love to see laser weapons have batteries to charge in conjunction with a possible ammo as they don't appear to be projecting light, but more like a plasma. I think it could be balanced if the laser weapon batteries were like power tool batteries and cost about as much as the gun itself. So having a couple spares would easily cost you, but you could recharge them. As for the possible ammo, I think it could use some form of scrap such as hole stripping or mining or purchased in bulk, which could be very readily available and cheap. So you would carry extra power and ammo but the ammo, ammo refills could be sourced locally to wherever you are, while the batteries might take a while to charge. Ballistics, I think, are relatively fine. However, I would like to see ammunition separate from magazines so that the full PASMG mag isn't useless to my other SMG that could, uh, that could be using the same ammunition. Okay. Yeah, it's funny, you know, we don't have any type of well we ha- I guess we have a rail gun within mm. within the ship line, right? But there's in science fiction there's two there's a there's a rail gun which shoots basically a solid projectile. Mm-hmm. So I know they tested um it's you can look it up on the internet. They tested a nine ounce piece of plastic with a ball bearing in it. Um the combined weight is nine ounces, and they could fire it from a rail gun, which is magnets on the outside of the barrel and they mm-hmm. just move down the the magnetic field down the barrel throwing this projectile down and uh it had the same hitting power as our 120 millimeter um tank cannon mm-hmm. so uh, pure kinetic energy right um we don't have a weapon that does something like that where you rely on a battery but you're firing just the projectile there's no powder there's nothing else right Mm -hmm. Uh, another another version of that is called a gauze gun which fires a bigger bullet which has an explosive type filler right it's it's more like you would almost see them on big ships and things like that so they're not as fast a projectile but they're still very fast and what they lack for speed they make up in in weight so the kinetic impact and damage is is equally as great um, and the last one I saw in a uh, book actually was a wire fed gun, we call them wire guns. So mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of a cool idea. You're just spooling in wire and, uh, it's kind of like a rail gun, but you're taking bits of wire and firing them. Um, okay. so there's other options out there and I'm sure they'll have all of them. Yeah. Or at least a, a good variety. I mean, we do have a rail gun. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, we have so, a shoulder-mounted one. Yeah. Um, he did say, uh, "Oh no, that was it." <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Askateman said it would make sense that they're rechargeable. Ballistics could then benefit from having more damage and the ability to pass through shields. You can make energy batteries have a finite number of charges and have each battery cost a lot more than a magazine of bullets. That way, choosing between energy and ballistics comes down to convenience of always having charged energy weapons, you know, charging while on the gun rack, 
versus right. stockpiling ballistics for more damage. Yeah. Um, Mavros said, I would even think of creating a recharging backpack where you can store your empty mags there and uh, they are recharged. Once the backpack is out of energy, you have to go back to your ship and the backpack, this backpack, ugh, this backpack might be handy. Yes, but it comes at the expense of other storage space. Yeah. It, what brought, you know, this question is kind of a weird one. It, it, what brought it to mind for me is that anytime you go exploring, you don't, you don't want to be relied. You don't want to be relying on things you can't produce yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to make projectile-based weaponry with you know traditional gunpowder type or liquids, you know explosives, you have to bring that material with you. You have to bring the casings and the equipment to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I thought laser weapons or or, or power pack style weapons would really be a great option for that because. As long as you got a working engine, you're alive and mm. you have a way of powering your weapons, right? Um, it just seems like, you know, that and food, between ammo and food, you're going to carry so much stuff out with you. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to be out there for a while to bring anything back of any substantial size or value. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, um, with, uh, or, or Mach 3 generic also commented, yes, uh, but for balancing purposes, I wish they'll need a long charge time and that the charge that they can hold lowers very slowly after each charge cycle. So essentially like degrading the battery. Yeah, over time, absolutely. Yeah, wear that's tear. a great idea. Yeah, and if you could get them to a bench, you know, the guy might be able to repair them, bring it back up. Yeah, great, great ideas, folks, as always. Yeah. Uh, next, we've got questions from the audience. We got a few here. Okay. Um, my favorite name in the verse so far is Yeasty Dynasty, and he <laughs> says, "Here's a question for the cockpit builders out there: What's the likelihood that the MFD displays in the ships could be undocked and dragged over to a num- another monitor with touchscreen capabilities? Very or likely, app, or an app um, for the iPad." or tablet that will feature displays for whenever you're, whatever your ship you were flying. I think it'd be pretty sweet to be able to interact with those screens physically on a touchscreen, monitor, tablet, some other mouse to quick yeah. click on, etc. Um, and that all popped into his head after watching Undead Parrots videos on YouTube. That's definitely a possibility. There's a, there's a couple options there. Um, so one of them, I do a lot of flight sims, and there have been there is at least one product I know that um, I think it's freeware, and I'll get the name and we'll we'll add it to it. But it basically you take a screen or a portion of a, a flight instrument panel, like the uh, glass panel on a jetliner, and you you basically uh, lasso it like you would anything, snip it. And then you can drag that to a secondary monitor and use it there. Uh, and like I've done it with um, instruments that are pop out and drag already. I've dragged them over to a iPad, which I've just had connected and acting as a third monitor. There's several software packages out there to let you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also carries over the touch features. So you can make touch, you know, buttons work when you touch them. Uh, so that was one. And then the second one is that there's a lot of aftermarket equipment 
that are built. I have several for flight sims for like the navigation equipment. It's it's just too hard to turn all the knobs with a mouse. So it's good to get a, something that's actual physical in front of you. You can just grab it and turn it or push a button and the display is right there. Um, people do that with, um, uh, what is that? Arduino. Um, it's simple mm-hmm. electronics, like a hobby set. And uh, they use Arduino coding to do that. They build basically, you know, devices which have a screen. You, you buy the components, assemble them, and then you can drag the screen portion over and associate the buttons on the device that you're making into physical buttons so they mm-hmm. actually interact with the ship. So it's absolutely. Uh, so uh, look at, I'll try to find the link here, uh, but uh yeah, it's definitely, and it's very commonly used in a game like uh, X-Plane 11 or uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. There's a lot of people doing that. It's a big business. So Yeah. Um, as I would respond, Eskar also responded, uh, we already sort of have something like that. Uh, it's called Game Glass. That's right. That's and right. it works on your phone or tablet. And gives you a dedicated dedicated screen for controls. They also, he said, and, and it's correct, they're officially supported third part so, uh, third party software. So they they do have a partnership with um, CIG. And if I would imagine they're probably, you know, at the front end of any MFD changes, I'm sure they'll get that just as we do. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the packages out there you can actually look at is called, um, error manager Mm -hmm. and, uh, it allows you to interface with lots of different games and create your own like instruments and then make them appear on a ship. So look up error manager. Um, you'll find it out there. It's, it's very common. Yeah. Um, Excellent. Um, Undead Parrot said, not a host, but at least it's a topic I'm familiar with, smiley face. He said, undocking an MFD to move it to another display. Um, It's a big question mark. I don't think CIG's ever mentioned anything about this. I think it would be really critical for SimPit, but we don't know. And then he said, displaying data on another app. So, for example, Game Glass. I'd say really likely even Game Glass employees have hinted about this for the future. Just needs the APIs for the game, though I don't think that's a high priority for CIG. And just interacting with the with the game with tablet, as Eskar there mentioned, that's doable with Game Glass. It doesn't show the game status in any way. Yeah, that's the only thing it doesn't do. Yeah, so it's really more the control bar the control items right now. Right. Noctis Actual said, which concept ship are you looking forward to be released whenever CIG deems it so and why? Me, oh, he said me, RSI Perseus, because I like the Redeemer, but the Perseus looks like a real naval ship, and I I like the rock, paper, scissors John Crew mentioned in place alongside the Hammerhead. For context, as per John Crew, vehicle lead, uh, Perseus is the rock, a swarm of light fighters is the paper, and the hammerhead is the scissors. 
Um, so what what uh, concept ship are you looking forward to the most being released, Seagard? Um, so I'm guessing these are existing concept ships that haven't been released. I, I you know, I would like to see. Um, I think the Kraken is going to be very interesting. Mm. Which I, one? I, which one are you more interested in, the Privateer or the Standard? Uh, you have, I had both. Yeah. Yay! So, so I'm an idiot. Uh, probably the uh, the Standard. Um, I would okay. love to see them bring the Privateer in. You know, and, and I'm, you know, I just, I'm a little, I'm a little tired of seeing the mix of ships that are coming out at you as pirates, right? Mm. I would like to see the pirates be a little more organized. So I'd like to see like a Kraken with a couple of Cutlass Blacks and Barracuda, um, Buccaneers. Mm. Caught myself that time. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, Buccaneers. Dun, 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 Buccaneers. Dun, dun, dun. And they uh, do, what's the new ship they're coming out with for them? Uh, but I'd like to see like a mini fleet of, you know, pirates instead of, you know, three auroras and a you know a, you know, a javelin show up or something. I mean, mm-hmm. I just don't see the pirates using javelins. You know, yeah. It's not like you can kind of buy a you know a U.S. Navy frigate and go, "Hey, I'm a pirate today." Yeah, it's true. It's, right. Okay. Cool. I. It's a toss up for me. Strangely enough, my I'm most excited about the Orion. I think just because that's just the next layer of mining and. Oh, good point. I'd forgotten about that ship. The other one that I'm excited about, not so much for the ship itself, but for the mechanics that it would bring with its release, is the Pioneer. Oh, good point. Um, I don't own a Pioneer, but I'm just excited for base building. I don't. That's one I don't own either. So I don't know if I'm sure someone in the Oregon's one, or yeah, you know, within the community that we have. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Alrighty, and then uh, Dip McJunkin replied for himself uh, and said, "Me R O S I." By the way, if you haven't noticed, it's probably hit. Um. Anyway, he said, "R S I Orion." I just want to chew big space rocks. CIG can take their sweet time on it, though. The longer the wait, the better it'll be. Also. Perseus would be a close second. All righty. Those are all the questions. Now, Seagard, I always forget to do it at the right time. What's your question for this week? So this one was, uh, again, a little shift of gears. But this one is, uh, and I've already posted it, you know, it's which crew slash station, or crew duties slash station for Monta Cruz ships do you want to see in-game next? Right. Um, I was thinking in, you know, I was thinking in terms of like radio, radio operations or Mm -hmm. engineer, right? We have, we have somewhat engineer. We definitely have pilot, um, you know, captain, uh, you know, I could, you know, but then I also kind of thought, well, you know, like, uh, like on the, um, not stevedores. Well, they are stevedores, but they're the, uh, the guys who load ships, um, Union dock worker, yeah, dock worker. I can't think of their name though. There's a name Teamsters. Oh, yeah, that's that could, they're yeah. part of that union, yeah, yeah. So, something you know, like a, the you know, the guys who are loading the ships, you know, you know, having the controls to lock everything down and be able to move the carts around and you know, you know, what 
all that stuff down there in that area is going to be an interesting um, activity. Even yeah. just being the manager of it all getting loaded. <clears throat> you know, if you're just sitting there watching the AI do it, you still got to probably tell them where to put it. Yeah. You know? So there's lots of duties. You know, firefighting, I think that's an everybody duty. Um, cook, I don't think that's a real, it'd be interesting, but I don't think it'll be the main one for the ship. Mm. But certainly communications, um, I think will be major in the game. I really do. Uh, we always have someone running comms on Discord, bringing new guys in. You know, yeah. changing leadership of the of the group, making invites, um, you know, and and when you get inside the ship and use the game communications, it goes way up. I mean, the you know the immersion is much better. Mm. So, but communications are not always as good as Discord, right? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's that's the thing. Which crew duty slash station for multi crew ships do you want to see in the game next? Awesome. Excellent. You you made me think of something. It's not really an answer to your question because, you know, that's not appropriate. I don't want to put things in people's heads. But yeah. you made me think of, I watched the Star Jump Station podcast. Okay. Um, BMZO was on it. Yay. Oh, good. How did you um, watch it? Yeah. And so they, they were talking about Citizen Con and what they're excited about and everything. And they were talking about the engineering gameplay that they're going to be showing off. Um, you know, the resource system. Right. And it brought up a topic for them around they, they're like, I am shocked that there are so many content creators out there that keep saying you with your big ships are never going to be able to find crew because you'll, everybody wants to captain their own ship. And they were saying, but this engineering gameplay I mean, first of all, not only does it sound like it's not just fix things, but it sounds like you're going to have a real responsibility for power management of the ship in order to optimize the ship for what you need. So, for example, having um, turning off your uh, life support on decks that you're not going to be on on the ship to conserve power so you could divert it to shields. That's what they think the relay system implies, at least long-term, beyond just fixing relays when they get damaged. Um, And so, I don't know. It just got me super excited. (laughs) And it it sort of relates to this. So, looking forward to that section on CitizenCon. Yeah. No, I I got hooked on on that role thing when I had... Well, we were out, and I can't remember if it was you or someone else who shot out my thrusters on the Reclaimer. And... I can't remember who it was, but someone yeah. shot up my thrusters, and the ship kept spinning. So I had to get into the <laughs> into the seat and use the engineering panel to scroll down and then figure out like which thrusters need to be shut off. Oh, to just to course stops. correct it. Oh, just wow. to course correct it. And then then I realized I had so many of them off when I got it that way. There's no way I could land on a planet. I just didn't, I wouldn't have enough thrust. So <laughs> it's like, what am I going to do? And it was like such a like an epiphany moment like this is really fun and it took me a while because it's not like it says you know left rear number one thruster you know yeah it says, blah, blah 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 well what the hell is that so you know fiddling and going through this you know list of items and trying to figure it out was exciting uh, and finally getting it under control and then like realizing that while wow, my options are limited here how much fuel do i got can i jump all the way and the only place I'd come up was with Yella. So I went, or not Yella, um, Grimhex. 
So mm-hmm. I was able to go to Grim Hex and dock because there's no gravity. So, so that you know that was a, a great engineering gameplay piece right there. Just trying to get that back. It took me about an hour and a half to get it there. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was so it was real fun, and you know, and I think when you take that to the next level with what they're going to bring us, yeah, you know, that's going to be great. Scanning, um, you know, exactly. communications within the ship, uh, communications between ships. If you haven't tried that, I know you you have. I think, mm-hmm. I think we all did it together, but there's a limit on how far away you can talk to the, your buddies on another ship. It actually says you're out of you're out of communications, or they're back into communications. And it's it's not like it's five hundred miles. It's relatively short. Um, yeah. So it's you know it's if you play only on Discord, definitely go try using the in-game communications. Talk with your helmet off. Talk with your helmet on. Get close to someone so they can hear your proximity. Uh, yell at someone down the hallway. The voice actually degrades over distance. So, uh, mm-hmm. and I think these 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 duties that are going to be out there, they're just going to be fun. Right? Yeah, I agree. I, and I, you know, you even heard me. If I only wanted to fly my own ship, then why did I volunteer to do any role during a hull scraping expedition on Seaguard's yeah. reclaimer? Yeah. I I don't want to necessarily captain the ship. I like to fly the ship, uh, but I don't want to choose where to go and what to do and all that. I just... Hold it steady, move it up, down, left, right, land it, take it off. That's the stuff I love to do. Or I like just to walk through the ship when everybody's on it, like on a hammerhead. Mm. And all the guns are barking and you know the ship's maneuvering around and you're seeing the, the asteroids go by the windows of the lounge. It's, it's great. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's me. I don't wanna I don't wanna command anything. I I wanna be part of a crew. I just happen to have all the ships. So I just like to do I like to do a mixture of both depending on what we're doing. And like, I don't intend to purchase a reclaimer in game even just because there's so many other reclaimers. And while I like salvage, I don't need to be the pilot or captain of a salvage operation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Excellent. Well, very looking forward to seeing what we get out of citizen con. Can't wait. Um, So that, dear friends, uh, wraps another episode up. If you do have any questions, definitely submit them to our still out-of-date email address, readcastsc at gmail.com. You can DM our Twitter handle, at citizencastsc. You can submit a message through Anchor. Or, of course, you can join our CitizenCast Discord and interact with the different channels there. Last but not least, uh, we do have a Google Voice number that you can text at 646-783-8154. If you are looking for a crew, an org, uh, people to hang out with and play uh, within game in between your solo sessions, uh, definitely, as always, take a look over at the community at Parley House. It's a neutral zone where players of all types can hang out, socialize, and, of course, enjoy the best damn space sim the verse has to offer. A link to the Discord can be found in the show notes. Uh, we do have a number of friends of the show who are fellow content creators. So don't forget to watch Earth, Snorkel, and Undead Pirates videos on YouTube. Um, or listen to the music that Admiral Cody and Calibri are creating. Of course, uh, 
also, if you haven't seen it yet, take a look at Star Jump's new Fleet Viewer. Uh, a couple friends of the show, both Grim and VMZO, put a lot of work into completing that tool, and it's really awesome to use. Uh, so check it out. Uh, all the links are, as I said, in the show notes. And that, dear friends, wraps up another episode of Citizen Cast. Thanks again for listening. We will see you next week. I'll send you that guy's name uh, for his site where they can go look up that software. Oh, sure. I'll put it in the I'll put it in in the Discord chat. Cool. That's very good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. see. Yeah, I've got more of more flight sim gear behind me than I have star citizenships. It's, it's quite. That's got to be a lot. <laughs> it, it it is. I mean, I have some components that are. Well, I have a flight cockpit for you know, like the uh, seat, mm-hmm. um, and then I have uh, a couple of navigation pieces, and they run about four hundred a pop. So mm-hmm. they're not cheap. Um, people use them all the time to train for the real aircraft stuff. So nice. Yeah, I'm sure Miss Mrs. Seaguard really loves your joysticks. Yeah, yeah. I got that little tiny one.